You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, and the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Ben, better late than never. Uh, we were busy uh, vacationing. Black Ops. Oh, you were on Black Ops. I was on RISA. Yeah, while you were on RISA, I was, um, I mean, I, I can't talk about it, obviously. But, okay. Uh, yeah, very, very busy. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'm sorry that that was... It, all right, you don't talk about that. I will not talk about my Mai Tais and uh, all the problems I got into with that Horgon that you asked me to get you. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that didn't didn't go well? Yeah, n- no. Uh, 53 uh, people asked me if I was interested in Jamaharan, and I was not. Oh. Yeah, I tried to explain to them. It's, I tried to explain to them it's a connection issue with me, and besides, I'm getting this for a friend. Mm-hmm. He's on a Black Ops mission. Yeah, right. They weren't right, and they're like, "Oh, right, yeah." And your, your girlfriend's in; uh, she lives in Canada, does she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't know her, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, she goes to another school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're a little late talking about the end of Star Trek Discovery season four. Uh, so we had a couple of episodes to talk about, and I'm happy to say, after what was a relatively long plotting and boring second half of season four. They mostly got rid of it in the last two episodes. Although I'm just going to say this now, you know how much we talked about, especially me when it came to talking about, um, what's his face? Uh, I think of black Tarka Tarka, of course. Oh yes. Um, how dismissively I, I talked about it, how quickly I tried to move on, how tired I was of this yeah. fucking Tarkus storyline, Ben. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, they they finished it in a relatively good way, but not in a way where I was like, oh, yeah, all those episodes was worth it for this. Like, no, it was it was really more of a we could have done this with way less episodes. <laughs> Uh, we could have accomplished the same thing without, you know, the casino boxing, uh, following them around, trying to stop them from getting things. We could have sped this up more and had the same effect or a better effect. But they did wrap up this Tarka thing uh, for the most part, I think, and hope. And it was a relatively satisfying ending, I thought, um, mm-hmm. to the Tarka mm-hmm. shit, yeah. to the actual ending of the season. I thought it was a really good ending if you're yeah. just leaving out the Tarka stuff. So let's start with episode 12. He's not a fan listener. Have you noticed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. He's my Danny Pink, yeah. Ben. 
Uh, well, see, now, you know, um, and speaking of C, Ben, let's talk about Star Trek discovery season four, episode 12 species, 10 C, uh, discoveries. I'm just, they don't like cricket. They love it. (laughs) (laughs) Discovery, uh, discovery releases the hydrocarbon representing peace into the hyperfield, the 10 C hyperfield. It is soon pulled into the structure and surrounded by an orb made of an unknown substance. Members of species 10 C respond with more hydrocarbons and light patterns. By the way, species 10 C, those huge skeletons that we were seeing on the, uh, the dead planet, mm. uh, that is them. They are mm-hmm. ginormous life forms. Uh, so really interesting, very different from anything else that we've really been introduced to in Star Trek before. Uh, and a new language. Yes. So they respond with more hydrocarbons and a light pattern, which the crew is able to decipher as a bridge language, uh, similar to Linkos that uses mathematical equations. 10C yeah. uses the language to question why the DMA was destroyed by Tarka's weapon. And the crew were able to successfully communicate their fear of the DMA. On book ship, Tarka plans to use uh, Indoye to ignite the plasma stream from Discovery that will allow them to escape the orb and fly directly to DMA's power source. Reno realizes that if Tarka takes the power source now, it will destroy the hyperfield and everything inside it and will still likely lead to the destruction of Earth and Navarre. But confronts yeah. Tarka about this. Tarka uses his upgrades to the ship to restrain Book because, as we know, Tarka invents. Uh, he's a he's literally a walking sonic screwdriver that can just yep. invent anything when he needs to to serve whatever purpose. He's a he needs magical to. tool. Well, he's <laughs> certainly a tool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, as the crew of Discovery attempt to ask Ten C to withdraw the DMA, and Doye enacts Tarka's plan, and Book Ship escapes. The Ten C members stop communicating. Reno is able to get a message to Burnham explaining Tarka's plan. So, Ben, what did you think of episode 12? Um, goes without saying, Reno, so good. So um, good. And yeah. Really solid performance in scenes of this episode that could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very pleased with that. Um, I'm just going to gloss over this language point, I think, because otherwise I'd mention it for this and um, just make myself cross. Um, that. The, the way that language evolved yeah. from, you know, illuminated greenhouse gases yes. to, um, you know, emotive speeches mm-hmm. uh, over a very short period of time, frankly, really took me out of it. Hyper um, unrealistic. Yeah, it was it was absurd. And, I understand and, the need. Out. Yeah. Well, I do, but I, I thought it was lazy as fuck writing. Mm-hmm. After going through all the effort to create, uh, you know, to, to try and shake things up, to to have these, as you say, these life forms that are so unlike anything we, we normally see in, well, actually in sci-fi generally. Yeah. Um, and and then to, you know, go to some, you know, original series, this is the emotion you Earth people call love bullshit. Mm. Um. It, it just uh, what a weird choice. It wasn't so um, bad in this episode, but the next episode it was mm. 
Like Oh, the next episode, I was furious with it by the end of the next episode, yeah. which is why I'm saying it now, because otherwise yeah. it's probably all I'm going to fucking talk about. Um, this mm-hmm. episode itself, then, so putting aside my, my gripes with it, um, I, I like the... I like so much about um, Discovery, and it's very fashionable to rag on this show, mm-hmm. and... Yes, there are all the things we've talked about a hundred times about, you know, Burnham and Booker, the only people who can save the universe from anything. Yeah. I imagine if, you know, a toaster caught fire or maybe someone's um, uh, stubbed their toe somewhere on Discovery, um, that would immediately call for Burnham and Book mm-hmm. to turn up and uh, and apply um, a gentle rub or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. the, all of these things. The supporting cast performances are better in this episode in the sense that we get to see a little bit of it again yeah um i still think there's plenty of room for more um the uh, the, the the stuff with um the general kind of didn't feel tremendously believable and I, I was trying to figure out why and i think this is kind of my problem with with discovery at the moment is that they get tied up in in telling bits of the story that are um, unnecessarily convoluted. So, yes, I know we slagged them off if they suddenly do a massive jump about, oh, yes, with that thing that happened, oh, we've resolved it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, never mind then. Sure, but then equally, I, I feel like the sequencing of some of the narrative in, in Discovery, um, particularly when you get to end of season, uh, you know, closure, closing of arcs, I just... Sometimes it's really frustrating because you have to go. Wait, hang on, I'm gonna have to watch that scene again. Because what? What did? Right. Oh, did mm-hmm. they? Oh, okay. Oh. Um, it, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because at times Discovery feels like a joyful romp. Um, right. And then at other times it, it it's almost incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. And I, I know. Yes, I. You know, p- people who listen to the show and who listen to um, uh, uh, who made who will know that I've, you know, I've complained about people who whinge about sci-fi being complicated because, yeah, you know, sci-fi. Um, but I don't feel like that's what I'm doing here. I don't mm. think it's the complication of the storylines because they, you know, the stories are straightforward. In fact, they're sophomoric on occasion. Um, yeah, they can be. Discovery, certainly the B-plots can be. Um, and I don't care about that. That's fine. I think it's the storytelling that just sometimes goes wrong mm-hmm. the other thing about this episode because i am complaining a lot i realize but the other <laughs> thing about this episode that that pissed me off was we've we've seen a return to something that they'd gotten away from which was do you remember ages ago i can't, I can't remember which season it was where it was like uh, sort of it was at 11 um that in the middle of something super super crucial and time sensitive and you know we must do this immediate thing now before something explodes yes they'll suddenly start having a really long drawn out emotional conversation about something and you think well is this the time um right (laughs) that's crept back in in these last two episodes and it's grating if you're building tension build tension don't do it by pissing your audience off and i'd I'd, that maybe that is me being grumpy but it feels just feels annoying you're going just get the fuck on with it man Mm -hmm. um so, you know, there's that. I mean, I felt that way Everything for the else. whole second half of this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was kind of, I was trying to ignore it, I think, for the mm-hmm. last couple of episodes. But I think it, it it's jumped back up to 11 in these last two. Yeah. Um, I think the, um, the, the sort of, I don't know, um, 
there's there's a lot of filler still in in Discovery, and I think they think <clears throat> it adds sort of texture and depth to it, and it, mm. it could, and it does in places, but then at times it it just feels like there's nothing worse, is there, as a, an audience member to a TV show, especially one that you just kind of want to absorb as much as you can of, such as anything Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but then knowing, fe- hearing your inner monologue going, oh, we're kind of being duped here a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. this scene is here because we have X number of minutes we need to make of TV. So we're just going to do this scene now. And it, 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 a season, well, a season finale sort of, I guess, effectively double episode, which is kind of what this is, uh, I shouldn't have that feeling to me. Um, you can do nuance and texture and all those things without without alienating your audience through poor storytelling. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, those who've got on their uh, um, I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast uh, uh, bingo card can tick <laughs> off now me saying, visually, this show's great, because it is. <laughs> yes. Um, this show was great. It, it looks great. Some you know solid work by um, by, by the, the core cast and and a couple of the supporting cast here, um, but this did not feel like the penultimate episode of season four to me, mm-hmm. and mm, that's frustrating. Yeah, I also kind of felt, and maybe it's more a matter for the next episode, but I kind of felt that I wanted to know a lot more about Ten C than we were being drip fed at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure quite how they'd have gone about it, but I would have liked to have seen some further information. Star Trek rewards its audiences with with insight. That's that's kind of the currency of Star Trek storytelling. Yeah. Um and yeah, just kind of felt a bit <laughs> felt a bit missing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I am grumpy today, aren't I? <laughs> um Okay, so I'm not as mad as you are about. I don't, no one's as mad as I. Am. <laughs> I mean, well, you said grumpy. Maybe grumpy is a better term than mad. I mean, I am grumpy about all this Tarkus stuff. I've been complaining for several episodes of this podcast now about it. But, um, like, I know it's coming to an end. Uh, I mean, I knew that before. I even watched these episodes. Uh, so I guess I took it with a little bit, uh, like it didn't affect me as much as it normally does. The stuff with the language, like it didn't hit me as much until the next episode, which I feel like maybe a, a line or two of dialogue. I feel like you could have Star Trek your way out of this where I would have been like, Oh, Okay. If they, maybe we'll just save that conversation until we get to it. Um, because it is kind of a big moment in the episode. But uh, in general, I re- I relatively like this episode. I wasn't in love with it or anything. I, I mean, I am in love with the idea of Species 10C. I was kind of waiting for yeah. them to be like, we call ourselves this. So we don't have to keep referring to them as that. Uh, otherwise you end up, you know, you know, the poor Undine who no, nobody calls them that. No, like everybody's it's literally the only people who play Star Trek online know that that's what they're called, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody else, they're just eight, four, seven, two. So maybe if, uh, this persists, people will just look at these 
giant floating squids and call them species 10c going forward or the 10 c's uh 10 c's very you know for when you have a lot of tension ben <laughs> i've got exactly a, oh i've got the 10 c's case Ooh. of the 10 c's <laughs> oh i hate that yeah. nobody likes that um but yeah for the most part i thought this was i don't know i i'm curious to know what you gave this one i get because i gave it three and three quarters Wow, okay, we are a little distance apart. Oh, okay. Um, I gave it two and three quarters. <sighs> it, wow. It just, it's because it, it just irritated me. A I'm whole afraid. pair of glasses different uh, yeah. difference there. That's um, rare, actually, isn't it? Yeah, we're normally not that far apart. But yeah, I watched this and I'm mm. like, oh, this was fine. I, I even kind of liked it. Um, so then let's talk about season four, episode 13, the finale of season four coming home. Tarka begins dismantling the power source's container, causing dangerous plasma bursts. Tarina learns that the minds of the 10C are connected and that they do not understand that Tarka is acting independently of Discovery. The crew sacrifices Discovery's spore drive to escape the orb that they are trapped in, but are unable to approach Book's ship due to the plasma. Ndoye offers to make amends by ramming Book's ship with a shuttlecraft, killing Tarka. And, well, I mean, that doesn't kill Tarka. But uh, Ndoye and Reno are beamed to safety, uh, and Book seemingly dies as well. The crew of Discovery meet members of 10C, uh, on what can best be described as a planet inside of the hyperfield and explain that Tarka was working alone and why the 10 C turn off the DMA sparring, uh, sparring, sparing earth and Navarre and reveal that they also saved book that whole transporter thing. They noticed it mm. and were like, we don't understand the significance of this, but uh, the timing of it feels very suspect, so we're just going to hold on to this this transporter pattern. And uh, Book is reunited with everybody, and uh, he discusses his grief using... See, now, according to this, he discusses his grief using his uh, empathic abilities to communicate with the tendency, but he also uses a lot of words. Glowy face. I was yeah. about to say lots of words, but glowy face. Glowy yes, face. lots of glowy face. And they they imitated his glowy face, which I thought was actually a really neat moment. Uh, Book convinces the tendency to stop using the DMA altogether and to take down their hyperfield and start working with others to make amends for the harm that was caused by the DMA. Tensi uses a wormhole to send Discovery back to Earth, which decides to rejoin the Federation. Book is punished for his actions by being sent to help others who have been harmed by the DMA. So, Ben, what did you make of the season four finale? Mom, I don't understand. Is this a good ending or a bad ending? It's an <laughs> ending. Um, no, that's, I'm, I'm being silly. Uh, I, I like this considerably more. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, this was this was better. They, it felt like an episode where they they understood their own pacing far far better. Um, it answers a lot of what we needed to be answered i will say there was still room for a bit more information as i say um i'm a firm believer that the the currency of star trek uh, in terms of its its viewers is insight and 
not sure how much of that there was, but there was there was enough here. I think um, the the communication point is interesting, and I I know obviously I've already done my rant about it. That 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 was irritating. That you know we suddenly leapt forward into a um, not just a functional language, but one oh, with yeah. um, extensive metaphor and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought what really sold this episode for me was was actually the the quality of the performances um yes because there were quite a few scenes where you know if they weren't sold well then they would have been really jarring oh yep um and and there was none of that here um i think the closest they came to that was um mary wiseman and um i forgot the name of the actual place Uh, odette fair um Exactly. Um, I thought that was the the closest they got to a sort of setup where I was not loving it. But then I think Mary Wiseman has, I think she's settled into the character of Tilly a bit better. And of course, we've seen some changes to Tilly during her time um, uh, at, the, at the sort of nascent academy. Um, so, you know, um, that that didn't feel bad. I, I think, you know, I, I've... I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Admiral, actually. I, I, I think his character has developed in a f- far more sensible way than it looked like it was going to. Um, so there was, you know, there was a lot going on there. Um, where does it leave us? Was the question I sort of found myself with at the end of this episode, which I know is kind of the point. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it did feel a bit like uh, it's hard to quite picture what Starfleet now is as in what shape it's in and things and we've been getting hints all the way through the season that you know the federation is is coming along in you know leaps and bounds i suppose and you know we saw a bit obviously more of that here and um you know you've got the nice i guess as an american you probably deal with the political um cameo towards the end rather than me but um (laughs) you know we're we're seeing that in the short space of time that discovery uh, has been um, there after the burn, that even with a few time jumps here and there in terms of you know six months later and so on, um, we are seeing that the federation is you know not easy, not that easily erased, which does again jar slightly with you know references in previous episodes to you know the federation as if it's some ancient historic thing that no one remembers. Um, book uh, you know a lot of books dialogue um in the previous season was was along those lines you know they talk about it as you know like they do in a new hope about the jedi mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it it's it feels like it's coming together and i i was relieved to see that it's um been recommissioned for a season five because i would say it was far from a dead certainty that it would be um you know, not just because you know the money for Star Trek is being spread very fucking thinly, yeah. uh, but and, but they by God they're getting value for their money out of the production teams. But mm-hmm. um, I think it was at risk. What I do think, and I'll, I'll put this out there right now, is that I think season five, given that its own competition is coming from within its own production house, yeah, um, in, in the form of the other Star Trek shows. I think at the moment it is the weakest of the offerings, and yeah. and that's a shame because it kind of 
feels frustrating. It, should, it feels like it shouldn't be because we're in, you know, this was the joy of it. Remember, we're in new ground, we're in new territory. We have, you know, sort of fun new tech that's bordering on Magic One, but maybe it's like, mm-hmm. again, insight. You see, the currency is insight. I'd like to learn about um, a, a little bit more of the, the, the science of, of Star Trek sure. discovery. Yeah. Because, you know, Star Trek's always given you insight into these fictional technologies over the course of particularly next gen, uh, which, you know, massively drove that forward. But obviously, that set a tone for everything else. We're seeing. We're seeing all the right, well, not even all the right notes, not necessarily in the right order. I think we're seeing most of the notes. Some of them are in the right order, and then some of them, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a bit of a mess. I, I really am worried that if season five doesn't absolutely nail it, then this is going to be one that never gets to a season seven, which of course is, you know, the sort of the benchmark the traditional target yeah, yeah for, for for a lot of shows really not the star trek but um i i do worry about that and i think this cast deserves better than that i actually think alex kurtzman deserves better than that mm-hmm. but i think they need to be a bit honest with themselves about what they now see this as being i think what we have seen through discovery and i think we can say this sort of now now we know what Discovery actually is, as in its format and when it's set, because, of course, we didn't get that for a couple of seasons. No. Um, <laughs> I think what what it has now become, I think, unfortunately, teaches us one thing, which is that I don't think that Star Trek works as a season arc show. I, I no, when, not really. I mean, not not when the arc is the really the only thing going on. So, um, you know, you look at... Um, DS9, which was season arcs. Yes. Um, but, it, like, there were episodes in it where, you know, that was in the background, and but there was a hell of a lot going on, and you still managed to drive on, you know, <clears throat> insight into characters. You still managed to learn other stuff about what was going on there. Some of it was mm. a bit silly. Some of it was, you know, kind of intense and r- rather more highbrow, I suppose. Discovery hasn't got that balance right. And yeah. it, it's annoying because there's so much there to mine here. Yeah. Um we've not we've not really dealt with um you know, we've we've seen very little hints as to how we get from here to Calypso, for example. Mm-hmm. Um we you know, I, I wanted to know a bit more about what was going on with maybe not necessarily Tilly, but I guess she's the vehicle for it. Uh with the um the Academy I could even stand a bit more politics stuff going in there in terms of what's going on elsewhere. Yeah. Um, what I don't need to see in season five is every single goddamn episode being Book and Burnham save the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, um, Stamets and um, Culber have heart-to-hearts because relationships are hard, hey? Yeah. I, I, yeah, we've, we've done that. We've seen all of that. Mm-hmm. By all means, keep it, you know, part of the show of course but don't don't make everything if, if, the, if the idea was to get away from star trek being st- a prison of its own form formula which I, I know was effectively what kurtzman was saying when when he set out to do discovery right then what the, pro- what the problem is with that if you start creating a, your own rigid formula and applying it as one color one shade and that's all that's going on just one gear mm-hmm. then you become you know you become a prisoner of that format and that's no better no so but yeah this episode was a satisfactory conclusion to um a season that at times 
exceeded expectations at times was way really woefully short for yeah. me yeah um this episode itself there's not actually a great deal to talk about within the episode itself for me because it, it, the conclusion was concluding something that was a bit meh mm -hmm. um but no it, it was a solid episode in in its own right um I just think now, good, we're done with groundwork. We've created a new, not big bad, we've created a new context. I guess we've got a new framing for the show. Yeah. Um, we've got rid of um, the irritating bastard. Uh, good news. I don't know if um, we have a new big bad. I don't think we do. Um, we don't. And again, season five feels like maybe that might be what's needed. Yeah. Uh, maybe we bring back, I mean, this is the thing I've been thinking about ever since the end of the second season of mm. discovery is uh and we don't see them anywhere in the kurtzman verse outside of that site first and second season of discovery is where the fuck are the klingons uh we haven't seen yeah, any yeah. in picard and we haven't seen any in discovery uh it's almost like they really wanted to change the makeup of the Klingons and for some reason thought people wouldn't notice or get upset about it or whatever uh, because it's such an established look. And they're just like, eh, maybe we just won't do Klingons anymore. And I'm like, no, there's so much, there's a lot there you can do with. But um, they've seemed to have vanished from Star Trek entirely after the first two seasons of Discovery. Um, the thing... I don't want to speak for you because uh, maybe this is just my interpretation. But when you're talking about uh, uh, DS9 and how they would weave in and out of their uh, their arc, which never fully, as you noted, never fully would go away. It would always kind of be in the background. Somebody would have a line somewhere about the Dominion War or something. But then they would have some wacky Ferengi uh, focused episode or um, or you'd have the that amazing Jake Sisko gets older episode with Tony Todd that always breaks my heart um, yeah and you know we talked about discovery at times struggling with the pacing within its own episodes and where DS9 excelled so fantastically not only did they have great pacing on their episodes but they paced their arc throughout yeah, the season exactly. very well and yeah. that is not what discovery has done very well like they set up their arc for the season and i'm like oh okay it's it's gonna be this and then they're like okay no but we are gonna do a side story but we're gonna focus on it relentlessly on the second half of the season to the point of it drives you nuts um so yeah I don't understand what's constraining them, and and it can't be talent because it's not that talent no. on display here. Yeah, I it's mean, I feel odd. like I feel like they just have a vision for the story they want to tell and how they want to tell it, but it just doesn't seem to be clicking all the way for me. Uh, upon rewatch, Discovery is better on a rewatch too. I've I've found, um, but I don't know if that's going to be the case for the second half of this season. Like, I don't think it's going to get better as I watch it, uh, like over mm. and over again. Um, it's just so, I, I share that worry. Yeah. I it's mean, there, there's so, some great moments that have actually become, yes, like it's weird actually, cause I'm not, so, not sure they necessarily felt like it at broadcast, but there's some moments that have become kind of classic and iconic within discovery or sure. Um, 
but weirdly a lot of the things that gave us those moments are things that are kind of no longer really part of the, the show, show we now have, yeah yeah which you know it's i mean let's let's you know let's be honest it's difficult to to write shows like this yeah. in a universe that you know has so much attached to it for so many people yeah but then that's why they did the smart thing and booted us into the distant future mm-hmm. and yet and yet you know and yet um, uh so we went in the last episode from deciphering the 10 C language, at least a little bit enough to enough to communicate to at the end book is full on like giving this long speech to them, nuanced emotions and feelings. It was a good speech for the record. Yeah. But yeah, uh, well, like well performed and everything. Um, That's not the issue. The issue is that we went from barely understanding them an episode ago to now we're just writing them a book and translating it to them. Now, if I feel like I would have been fine with this, we're way in the future, like 900 years from where they were, way past next gen, way past Voyager, all of this stuff. If they're like, we've communicated with them enough that the universal translator has been able to extrapolate it's not perfect but it's really good like that's all they have to say and it's like okay i buy it now like i get it that's fine and it's it's obviously a bugbear of somebody on the show as well because he uh or somebody sort of behind all the writing because in the the latest um uh i was gonna say audio book but actually i suppose it's technically a a, an audio play because it's got jerry ryan and um and various other cast actually doing the roles um the picard uh one uh god what's it called no man's land yeah like that is another one that makes a lot of reference to the problem with universal translators uh discovery right back at i think it might even have been episode one season one yeah know, uh, maybe episode two was talking about the problem with universal universal translators mm-hmm. so it's obviously someone's like thing i think they just at, don't at like Star them Trek HQ. <laughs> yeah. yeah but then but then if that's if that's the case why like make such a weird mistake as they made in 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 the end of this episode it's also, very odd also i'm sorry you don't like it but it's kind of just been in star trek since the beginning so it's just a thing it's, it's a thing that exists we have we have to live with it and besides uh i feel like it would make this less lazy not more lazy uh, if they went the Universal Translator route, because that's something within the universe of the show that would make sense. This didn't make sense, how they were able to jump. So, like, that's just not how learning languages work. You can't learn a language that dissimilar from your own that quickly to communicate that, like, such complex thoughts. You just can't. It's too much. Um, Universal Translator would have been a very worthy reason. Were you waiting for Saru to interrupt at some point and go, can we just remember, like, I speak. this is not a full... <laughs> yeah. A, slow the fuck down. I'm yeah. not a touch typist. Yeah. Um, have you seen my hands? Um, and B, <laughs> oh, yeah, metaphor. Let's start with that, shall we, book? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but I loved... I think, I think what really saves this, number one, performances are great, uh, as they almost always have been on this show. Um, yeah. And visuals, very lovely visuals. Uh, you know, check the check the box again on your bingo cards. But 
Um, I think the other thing that really goes, that does a lot of carrying for me is while I don't love all of the execution, I really love the ideas behind some of this. Um, I sort of, I love the idea that these, the species, even though they are kind of scary looking due to how huge they are and alien and different seem very empathetic and kind. The instant they learned that they were hurting somebody else, they were really apologetic about it and wanted, it was the opposite of finding a new big bad guy. You know, these were like the best friends you could ever hope for. They, they seemed so caring and they just didn't realize what they were doing was causing harm. And I think it's also a good message to send to people who sometimes um, don't realize or validate Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're hurting somebody. But if somebody says you're hurting them, listen to them. You know, you should feel bad. Like you shouldn't get people get defensive where they're like, I I didn't know I was being racist. And it's like, well, you were maybe, uh, you know, then people jump to like, well, I'm not going to feel bad about it. I didn't know I was. Um, and it's, you know, people aren't asking you to upend your life over it, but, uh, you know, if somebody says you've hurt them, my immediate response is to tell them that I'm sorry because my aim is to not hurt anybody. So if I found out that I ever did in any way, I would feel regret and guilt over it because to me that feels like the normal response. I thought that was a good message to send. I thought the delivery system, all of that stuff was fascinating. I like, yes, they did not land it well and they took way too long to, uh, to get us to this point. Um, they could have spent a whole episode just trying to figure out how the language works. And I would have been really fascinated by that. That seems something like, like well, next like gen I say, insight. Yeah. Yeah. Insight. yeah. Um, that feels like something next gen would have done as like an a plot or at worst a B plot. Uh, but they would have spent a lot of time, uh, focusing on that anyway. Um, I, but I did love the idea, like at the end of the day, I was like, okay, yes, this is the Star Trek content that I want. This is the sort of thing that really interests me. I don't care so much about the book and Tarka drama that's going on. I care way, way more. Like, this is the sort of thing that fascinates me. You know, the whole strange new worlds thing, Ben. And you're right. This show is in danger of being the third best Star Trek live action Star Trek show and Strange New Worlds hasn't even premiered yet. Uh, I, think I think it's a bit of a tragedy. And I'm already getting the vibes from the trailer that it feels like it's going to be a better show. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely looking that way, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah. And yeah, I, I've going through that slow rewatch of Star Trek, recently finished the second season of Discovery and boy is that enterprise crew like just that's a great cast of characters as well and i they recently cast somebody to play kirk in that show so all sorts of things happening there and uh 
very excited to start talking about that. So yeah, uh, what did you give the finale of season four of Discovery, Ben? Um, it went out on, despite my ranting about it, it went out on a four for me. Yeah, um, that's where I landed. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's good. It's just... It yeah. is. It absolutely is. I just wish it was something I could be more enthusiastic more about. More boisterously enthused. Uh, yeah. Well, everybody, we'll see what they can do with season five of the show. And in the meantime, uh, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Uh, of course, as a listener-supported podcast, there are a couple of different ways that you can help us out there. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly, the merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for both are in the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Audible. Uh, just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can join us next time. You don't have to wait, though, very long for us to keep talking about Star Trek, because Season 2 of Star Trek Picard is going on, and uh, you'll be able to tune in to that, and Strange New Worlds is coming right around the corner from that. So plenty of Star Trek going on uh, throughout the year. Uh, so yeah, hit that subscribe, and then you can join us next time to hear us talk about more Star Trek uh, it'll be Star Trek Picard the next time you hear us on the next episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast.